Our first uh, reading this evening comes from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through to 17. And it's entitled there, All Scripture is Breathed Out by God. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord from, from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, Continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in breathed out by God and, oh, sorry, able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Then we turn to, uh, to Peter, chapter 1 commencing at verse 16 through to 21. Christ's glory and the prophetic word. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honour and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This is the word of our Lord. Thank you so much, Greg. Apostle Peter says it so well that, in verse 20, knowing that first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. Never from our own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God 
as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Then also 2 Timothy 3 verse 16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Going to read verse 17 as well, that a man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, in Belgian Confession Article 2, we learn that God made him first known to us by creation, the preservation and the government of the universe, that God is actively in control, that we can accept everything from the Lord's hand. Second, makes himself known as to more openly by his holy and divine word. And so the confession in Article 3 continues with what we confess about God's word, God's written word. Article 2 focused on nature as the means of God's revelation to mankind. Article 3 focuses on God, focuses focuses on God revealing himself by the means of his word, both of his spoken and his written word. God not only moved men by the Holy Spirit to speak God's word, he also commanded his servants, the prophets and apostles, to commit his revealed word in writing. This is so important to know what we confess about God's word, to understand what God's word is. We confess sola scriptura. Sola means alone, as reformed churches, which means that scripture alone is authoritative for the faith and practice for the Christian. The word alone is significant because it is intended to exclude other options. And at the time of the Reformation, the Bible alone excluded the tradition of the Roman Catholic Church or the Pope or other people who made bills or writings as equal or superior in authority and effectiveness to the Bible. And only through the Word, reading the Word of God, you can come to Jesus. And so the Holy Spirit worked in a Bible office, and what I wrote was the authoritative and infallible Word of God. The Bible, therefore, is inspired by God. The Bible and the Scriptures originated with God. And so, from Peter, that the Bible is not just a random collection of myths and stories or human ideas about God, but the Bible was breathed out by God himself. And so God used the authors, but the words themselves originated in the mind of God. And God used the process of inspiration to communicate through human authors who wrote with their own distinct personalities. And Scripture is complete and sufficient. We will also deal with this in Article 5. And the prophets and pre, pro, apostles preach a whole way. And the Bible brings us to Jesus. And so should every sermon as well. We should hear the salvation in our Lord Jesus Christ. 
show that Jesus is the only way of salvation. There's no other way. How do you preach Jesus? Through the word of God. How do you bring the gospel to people? Through the word of God. And as a church, the word of God should be central in our service to the Lord. In 2 Timothy 3, Paul continued in equipping <coughs> Timothy in the word of God as a pastor. That started already with Timothy's grandmother and mother. They were already instructing, instructing Timothy in the word of God. But listen to Paul in verses 14 and 15. Timothy, Timothy did not only learn, he also believed. Faith was given to him by the Holy Spirit. And then his parents continued the work that the Holy Spirit started. And Paul then equipped Timothy about the Bible. Now text verses say, All scriptures breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, correction, and for training in righteousness, that a man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. And it started with the Lord. All scriptures breathed out means that the Holy Spirit so work in the Bible office that what they wrote was the authoritative and infallible word of God. The Bible, therefore, is inspired by God. God the Spirit. Paul is saying that the Bible is the source, that God's breath is the source of the Bible. And that scriptures originated with God. That God used the office but the word himself originated in the mind of God, that God used the process of inspiration. This is what Peter explained as well. Second Peter 2 verse 121, For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets through humans spoke from God as the Holy Spirit carried them along. And scripture is complete and sufficient. Bible is the word of the, the Lord in a sense that it's God's revelation that came from the Lord. was inspired by the Holy Spirit in the Bible's writers and minds. According to Peter, it's not stories about God. Myths. This is God's word. This was what Peter was explaining when he said that the word of God was not made in clever invented myths. The apostles were eyewitnesses who saw Jesus on the mount when he was glorified. This is the doctrine of the apostles, the healthy doctrine, inspired by the apostles, by the Holy Spirit. Verse 16, Peter told us why he was telling the truth, why we should believe that the Bible is the source and the full revelation of the word of God. For we did not follow cleverly the vice stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power. But we were eyewitnesses. Peter said the reason his word, God's word is so weighty, because it's not a myth, but an eyewitness account of Christ's 
majesty. And the apostles were eyewitnesses themselves. But how does inspiration work? Is the inspiration only a church teaching? No, it's a biblical teaching, according to 2 Peter 1. This is what the Bible teaches about itself. 1 Timothy 3, 2 Peter 1, we read what the Bible say about itself. We read what the Bible confessed about the Bible. What we should understand the Bible and how we should understand the Bible and use the Bible. Paul says the scripture is profitable, useful, helpful, beneficial for everything. The word does not good if it sits on a shelf somewhere or on your desk. But we should study it. It has practical value. It does something. And Timothy should make good use of it as a pastor. So should every member. Because this is the word of God. The written word of God. Profitable for teaching. For reproof. Correction. That word. Also means to correct our ways. To the standard. Which is God's word. Next week we will go through the canonical books, what it means, that canon or standard, so that a man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. And only the Bible can equip us in such a way. This is what is called the organic view, or organic inspiration. Inspiration view, this organic inspiration view maintains that God used human authors, each with their own particular talents, struggles, feelings, and circumstances, to write down his words. It's like a cross. God used people as well, vertical and horizontal. Second Peter 1 verse 21, Men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So it had nothing to do with man's search for God, as we are sometimes hearing on TV. But God had looked for us, God who chose us, John 15. And he chose men whom he prepared, whom he called, and they were uniquely the Lord's spokesmen, proclaiming his word. But there are under other explanations or interpretations as well. Of the Bible. This is why we have different churches as well. There's the mechanical. Or the vertical. Inspiration. And according to this. There was no human element. Involved. They promoted especially. And that's also after the reformation. They claimed that a human. Was merely typewriters. Moved by God to put it on paper what he desired to have on paper. Every sentence, every word, every comma comes directly from God. And men were thoughtless agents. Putting to paper what God prompted so that the Bible is a book void of any active human feelings. This issue. I divided a Southern Baptist church in the USA. 
And some of those churches still hold to this view, fundamental view. And as recently as the 1950s, the Lutheran Church also accepted this view. The problem with this theory is that human feelings are in fact quite evident in the Bible. For example, the Psalms of David, which so clearly speaks of his struggles, his emotions, his problems, his tears, his depression when he comes to the Lord. Luke 1 verse 4, Luke tells his readers that he made a conscious effort of doing the research needed to know what to write. And of course, the Holy Spirit equipped him. Luke said, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitness and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all these things closely for some past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught, equipping. Exactly what Paul is saying. Then there's also an opposite view of this mechanical inspiration view. That's the dialectical view. And according to this view, the Bible is not inspired. It's only a human witness account about God. They believe the Bible is fallible, human, should be studied this way. And therefore you can have a professor, without even believing, study God's word. And a German pastor called Karl Barth introduced this dialectical theory. Especially with his work in his commentary on the epistle to the Romans, published in 1919. And alarmed at the liberal direction of the church following the First World War, Bath emphasized humanity's sinful state under the judgment of God and his comparisons of God's holiness versus man's depravity also earned the idea of the theology of crisis or crisis theology. The crisis being the danger the world was in due to the Pending judgment of God. This also introduced the critical theology. Which is starting to question the virgin birth. The creation. And Jesus' miracles. God had no intervention. And through the ages we find these interpretations. failing to do justice to God's word. But you will always find the true view, what God says about his word, coming through. This is what Guido de Bray was doing with the Reformation. Now, Article 3. You may ask why this is important. If you look at a world and what so many is proclaiming about the word of God, we know it is essential. Because we know what we need to confess and believe about the word of God. We need to know that God used humans who lived in very human circumstances 
And so rules for reading the Bible are necessary when we are reading and studying God's Word. And if we believe that Holy Spirit inspired the Bible, use people and use people, we can pray to the Holy Spirit. And we should pray to the Holy Spirit. And through the Holy Spirit, to the Lord. That the Lord will enlighten our minds when we read the Bible. So when you read the Bible, always start with prayer. And also remember that the Bible explains itself. Ultimately, the Holy Spirit is the author. We use people with their talents and abilities. But we also confess the unity of the Bible, the authority of the Bible, laid in Article 5. And when we are busy with difficult passages, difficult books like Revelation, Daniel, the principle is that it will always be explained with easier passages. This is why your pastor is using scripture-by-scripture scripture comparisons in a sermon. That's the principle, according to our confessions. And we should read the Bible as a book. Also make sure what literary, literary type you are reading. For example, Genesis history. Psalms are poetry and songs. Revelation is apocalyptic material. Or we are busy with the pastoral letters from Paul, Timothy. And I want to conclude. What then is the Bible? This is God's word to his children, his church, from the beginning. Which he expressed his love, his mercy by giving his son. Now much he loved us by giving his son. God has given us the Bible so that he speak to us in all circumstances. Assuring us that he is in control. And it's profitable for teaching. For reproof. When there are heresies. For correction. Repentance. For training in righteousness. So that a man and woman of God may be completely equipped for every good work. So... Peter encouraged the believers, Paul encouraged the believers to seek your answers from the Word of God. Without the Word, the believer's life and spiritual life will be dead. Without the Word, we cannot grow, become weaker. Without the Word, we do not realize our dependence on our Heavenly Father. Without the Word, there is no knowledge. There is no confidence to grow in faith. And this is what the Lord provides in His Word, and so much more. The Word teaches us our dependence on the Lord, our significance in ourselves, our sinfulness, our salvation through Jesus Christ. That nothing else but Jesus, God's living words, can give you everlasting hope. God gave His Son as the living Word, as the fulfillment of the Word. And the word Logos, John 1, means Word itself. That was what Jesus is. 
And it's our responsibility to grow in knowledge, to learn to understand how God reveals Himself in His Word. And someone who grows in this understanding will also understand the Lord's will, the Lord's mercy. Know that the Lord will work in challenging times, that He will work everything to the benefit of His children, Romans 8. And also, hold on to the hope that Jesus is coming again. The Lord came and He will come again. This is our hope. The greatest, greatest glory awaits us with the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And He's coming soon. You can have all hope. I want to conclude. Times change. But God's Word will never. Even doubt? Seek your answers from the Word of God. The word explains himself, itself. Find your joy in the Lord. Your joy in Jesus. John 15. The Lord assures us that he will never abandon the work of his hand. That he and the gates of hell will never destroy his church. The word tells us that everything started with the Lord. He's the Alpha. Genesis, and everything will end with the Lord. He's still made. No one, nothing can take your hope and your salvation in Christ Jesus away. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, you gave us your word. And in your word, we learn about your mercy, about your grace. And that you gave your only son. The living word who dwelt among us, who lived among us, who died for our sins, who rose and ascended to heaven. And he's now there, Lord, to rule, but he will come again. Lord, you are instructing your people to live in this world, to hold on to the glorious hope we have in our Lord Jesus Christ, that we can come and be comforted, be instructed, but also reproved and trained in the righteousness of our Lord Jesus Christ, who made us right with you. Father, we pray that your word will comfort us every day, will instruct us every day, will call us to be holy. We also thank you, Lord, for the preaching of your word, where we can hear, so says the Lord God, that it will always be only according to your word. In Jesus' name.